Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Trinity League Orange County High School Football Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Albano, with the Orange County Register and OC Varsity, and I'm joined once again by our insider, Scott Barajas, as we uh, charge toward the 2022 high school football season here in Orange County, Southern California. Scotty, high school football is back. That's a good time of year. We're back. It's a good time to be talking to you. And um, I'm pretty excited to, you know, the the, uh, season is finally upon us. And I'm sure you're pretty excited to get back to, you know, uh, some high school football. I think you might be going to the Santa Ana Bowl on Friday, and that's a refurbished Santa Ana Bowl field. So, Scotty, how are you doing tonight? Well, I'm doing pretty good, Dan. You know, just uh, waiting for football. Um, You know, it just seems like just, what, three weeks ago we were watching passing league. You know, it's like in the seasons, you know, here uh waiting for uh you, you know the hitting the pads you know all the good stuff that we get to see um so just 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 all ready for it yes sir and i want to welcome back all our fans and our listeners for uh, and thank you for the support of the show and um you know i just want to set the table and on what we're gonna be talking about tonight on this in, in this episode uh, whenever you're listening to it and however you're doing it we appreciate it you can Find our podcasts on all those kind of uh, podcast formats, and please give us a like and review. Share share our podcast this year um, with some of your uh, hardcore high school football fans. And as we kind of alluded to a little bit, we're we're casting a wider net this year. Going to talk a little bit um, non OC football, a little bit more um, non Trinity League football, excuse me. And we're gonna you know a little we're gonna cast a wider net in Orange County. So. I hope you enjoy some of our little broader coverage. But uh, first thing we're going to do tonight and on this show is we're going to talk about our top games for Week 0. We've identified about four of the top games this this week. Um, and that there are three of them involve Trinity League teams and one is a straight Orange County matchup. So we're going to talk about our top four games of the week. We're also going to have our top ten teams in Orange County uh, going into the preseason um, headed toward Week 0. We're going to have some under-the-radar transfer updates, and we're also going to have some insight from Scotty from the modern-day scrimmage uh, this past Friday night. So a busy and fun ex- uh, show to go through from previews, some top 10 talk, under-the-radar transfers, and tidbits from the modern-day scrimmage. So if you're a high school football fan, you want to be up on everything, we got some information I hope you think will help you uh Enjoy the game some more and know what's going on out there. Scotty, I don't know if this is the game of the week, but it's a contender for game of the week as far as, you know, Orange County Trinity League, which is, that's our wheelhouse. But there's a case to be made for Sarah Canyon at J. Sarah on Friday night as potentially the game of the uh, of the week. And even though Sierra Canyon beat J. Sarah twice last year, um, they played in the season opener 2021 40 to 14 win by Sierra Canyon but the division uh, division 2 playoff game between these two was much closer 42 35 Sierra Canyon won on their that was on their run to the semifinals in division 2 so obviously Jay Sarah looked a lot better made it a great game in the division 2 playoffs can it be another great opener uh, i got Jay Sarah in the top 10 for Orange County um, Sierra Canyon, number one team by the LA Daily News. They have four transfers, by the way, from uh, Las Vegas uh, Desert Pines. So, Scotty, what do you think about the Sierra Canyon J. Sierra game? You know, last year, you know, J. Sierra came in, you know, into the season. They were def, def, you know, decimated by offseason departures. You know, they had to start several sophomores and juniors. But they just got better each week, and like you said, you know, then you know they battled, you know, Sierra Cannon uh, in the playoffs, um, and basically, you know, they returned 19 starters, you know, and they're going to have all that experience. Though one of them is a, is going to be a new quarterback, uh, Xander uh, Zing. You know, he he was a backup last year. Now he's you know he saw a lot of action last year. He's probably going to you know. He'll be the guy going into this year, um, and they have a you know solid offensive line that seems to be stabilizing, um, and it's, it's going to be a, a strong point with their offense. And you know, we look 
going into this game, you know, and you look at Sierra Canyon and, you know, they're going to have to contend with their sides up front. You mentioned they got the four transfers from Vegas, but they added nine total. And uh, they actually uh, got filled the positions of need, offensive line and, and wide receiver. Um, and, uh, you know, they also have a new quarterback, you know, and he's in the mid, and they're also in the midst of a, of a battle. Um, they have one kid, Asparza, who from, that came from Culver City. He threw 24 touchdowns, but he had nine intercepts. And there's also a junior quarterback, Damon Reichster, who's more an athlete who's been in the mix you know they're both inexperienced you know they're going up against big caliber of teams um you know they they didn't see before but the upgrade to the receiver core is really going to help um and you know they're they lacked a big time receiver last year i think they had a pretty solid running game they're going to have another good solid running game with twirl crooks um and uh, he's a speedster um but uh, you know the outcome for this one. You know it's going to be interesting. You know Dino J. Sarah has been making some slow strides. You know they're going to be in that mix for D two. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if J. Sarah could pull this out, but I'm going to lean with Sierra Canyon for this initial game um, and and go with Sierra Canyon. But I wouldn't be surprised. You know if J. Sarah. I just think it's going to be a, it'll be a good game. Um, yeah. You know they're just going to have to contest with with Sierra Canyon size, and they're averaging like six four two ninety eight on the offensive line. You know, and they added like four other transfers, and they're all you know all around that six five three hundred you know pound uh, area. So um, it'll be yeah, it's going to be a good one. I'll, you know, you know uh, more. We'll have like we've kind of touched a little bit about Jay Sarah beat you know about top ten, but you know. Um, We'll get back to them in a little bit, but yeah, I yeah. think this one's going to be a good one. I think so, and it's an interesting game too to keep an eye on. Like you mentioned, D two, you know that was an important Orange County and Trinity League division last year um, because of the team we're going to talk about here in a moment. But uh, Sierra Canyon also plays Mission Viejo this season again. Um, September 9th is that game, so this could be an interesting game. Uh, uh, how it goes, it'll be a telling game for the Trinity League. It'll be a telling game for Mission Viejo and Division Two, so just a, a very good game. But it's got some competition, Scotty, for the top spot of game of the week because you could off, you know, could easily make a case for this one. How about also on Friday night, Sarah of Gardena versus Orange Lutheran? That game's at Orange Coast College. So why is this same? This game is pretty awesome because you got two reigning CIF Southern Section champions facing off each, uh, against each other, Sarah. The division, uh, you know, a the division three champion against Orange Lutheran, the division two champion. So it's kind of got that state regional bowl feel for it in a way, a southern section type um, feel of champions uh, versus champion. And of course, Sarah last year went all the you know won a state uh, title, um, the one A uh, championship down at that was at Saddleback College. Sarah won that, and Orange Lutheran got to uh, state final. And um, or actually, they lost in the SoCal final. Excuse me. And the last time the Lancers played, that was that wild shootout. Was also at Orange Coast College. They lost seventy-one sixty-two in a crazy game at uh, at Orange Coast College to Cathedral. So Orange Lutheran, they're projecting to be much better on defense, as that score will suggest, seventy-one sixty-two. But they also have to reload on offense because they graduated their signal caller. And who had just amazing year, Logan Gonzalez is now at Portland State, but Sarah has got some big time returners uh, led by uh, Roderick Pleasant, the uh, track star, and um, he's outstanding at at receiver. I saw him play at the Edison uh, Passing Tournament. I'm sure you did probably too. Saw Sarah play. They have a lot of athletes. Um, I like their program a lot, and I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know if he needs to do it in this game, but. Uh, Roderick Pleasant can definitely play some cornerback um, with that speed and his uh, his abilities, but I don't know if Orange Lutheran has a enticing enough receiver maybe to put him out there. Well, maybe I'm sure how the game goes, but if there's a big enough matchup to have him going both ways, but you always have to watch to see what what Roderick um, uh, Pleasant's doing. But what do you think of this game, uh, Scotty? It's a very good game. Yeah, I mean, last year Olu came out on top of the uh, 31-20 yeah. in the opener. Um, but 
you know, gone is that offense experience for the Lancers, you know, but it will have an experienced group on defense, you know, led by three-year starter Gabe Moran, a linebacker. Yep. Um, you know, the Lancers may have its struggles early trying to find that, you know, offensive, you know, continuity, finding its QB. Right now they're, they're going with the three-man, you know, battle with, um, you know, junior John uh, Gazania, sophomore TJ Latif, and then there's a freshman, Alex Midian, who's um, in the mix as well. So, you know, it's good. You know, the Lancers are going to have experience and size on the offensive line led by Nate Hale. That's going to help them. Um, they're, you know, lose, you know, pretty big up front. And then over on Sarah, you know, I think, you know, they're going to have to re- also replace its QB, you know, and look for defensive back, actually, Jason Mitchell, who's going to yeah. probably get the shot at quarterback. And Mitchell's, you know, going to provide that athleticism and playmaking ability, you know, but is unproven, you know, at the uh, varsity level. So, you know, he's, you know, he's going to have two solid power backs to work with um sincere rainy who's about 510 230 and kai honda who's about 510 200 and i saw them in the scrimmage against servite and they look pretty good so um you know they're also going to feature you mentioned you know the fastest player pleasant receiver so he'll be that that go-to guy you know so probably the outcome on this one you know if i look at olu if they can sustain a run game right now they don't seem to possess a go-to guy you know control the line of scrimmage Limit Sarah's big play, you know, making ability, you know, make them complete drives. They should be in the game because I know Olu's defense is going to carry them. They're going to be solid. And, you know, I think that, uh, you know, if, if Sarah gets loose, that could be a long night. Just don't let the big play beat you. But I think if Olu pulls this one out, it's going to be because that defense leads the way. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see um, the Lancers. I think they – I've already – I've talked to Coach uh, Sherman – and he's already mentioned that he, you know, thinks the defense will be vastly improved. And, you know, they, you know, Orange Lutheran did allow the most points average per game of any Trinity League team last year. Um, so that even more than Jay Sarah, um, it was 40, uh, almost 40 and a half points. You mentioned Gabe Morin is very solid. Jojo Edwards. There's a freshman run uh, linebacker they like. Uh, Illy is his last name. He has a brother. Who's a, a, a kind of an outside linebacker, running back? Um, who's I'm sorry, outside linebacker, D end, who also plays on defense. Um, they have, you know, they got a, a transfer D lineman from Nevada who's very good. They have a lot of experience back in the secondary. Um, their lockdown corner could be an interesting matchup um, to watch for Orange Lutheran. They have his uh, Keon Washington is is back. Um, as they're kind of a lockdown guy, and maybe he's going to be—I would say—he's probably the matchup. He's going to the one who's going to get uh, pleasant. And Keon is back from a knee injury last year, and they really like how he's progressing. So, but I'm sure he, you know you're looking at a bracket situation. It's not a number one, we're um, uh, not a one-on-one situation. But that's something to watch out. Um, look for that matchup. See where Keon Washington lines up if he's a uh, drawn um, pleasant. Um, so, Sky, another game on Friday night. Um, this was an opener I saw last year. Santa Margarita is now taking on San Juan Hills at San Juan Hill. They have a refurbished uh, field there at the Badlands. And, you know, Santa Margarita, very touted team this year. They have a lot of firepower back. They got some key transfers um, on offense and defense. They're ranked pretty high um, in Orange County. And then they get San Juan Hills, who's got some young players but they lost a lot at receiver and they're transitioning now into a new league the sea view league there's actually the bottom league of this of the uh, coast view athletic conference taking on a training league team um, i'm wondering how competitive this game is going to be i think it's the it's also the fox game i believe uh, or the bally's excuse me um game of the week last year this opener i saw it wasn't it was it was a pretty good game uh, for a while, but Santa Margarita did win thirty-eight to fourteen, um, and that game was at Saddleback College. But what do you make of this game, Scotty? Yeah, on paper last year, you know, it looked to be a much closer game, you know, with that senior group that that San Juan Hills had, you know. But this year, it's a much different look. You know, gone or like you may, you mentioned all those skill guys, you know, and then we get you know we get to look at uh, Michael 
Leonard Tolson, you know, he was the backup last year, but he, he saw some action, not a whole lot, was one of four and six yards, you know, you know, gone is that core. Um, the only player with experience is tight end Braden Brockler. He only, you know, he only caught, you know, 15 balls last year, but that's, you know, that's the most experienced receiver they have. Um, they do have two guys come back on the old line. Same with the defense. Three starters come back, headed by Weston Port, you know, who probably had one of the best freshman seasons I've seen in a defensive, you know, player in a long time yeah. as a freshman. Um, you know, the Eagles, you know, you know, what can I say? You know, I think they're going to be fun to watch with Potter in the passing game, Nico, Lopez, uh, Bain Iverman returning. Then you add in the Mosley brothers, Emmett from Servite, and his younger brother, freshman from, you know, Trent. I think he's going to be in that, you know, get into that mix. And then don't forget about Jake Foy, who kind of was the afterthought last year because he got hurt. So they didn't really have that, that true running game um, that we got to see. I think he ran for 181 yards in the opener, and then he ended up getting yeah. hurt. Um, and, and it kind of slowed his season down. So, um, but there's probably going to be some concern, you know, with the Eagles only returning one starter on the offensive line. Um, it is a four-year starter in Lima. Um, you know, like same with the uh, D line, they return one starter. I think in hybrid defensive end linebacker Levar Tally, and then it didn't help that they lost, you know, up and coming D lineman Jaden Williams, who transferred over to Mission Viejo. But then they added Collins. Etchimima Pong from Fairmont, which is an interesting story because this is his first year playing football since his freshman year. You know, it was enough to, you know, for him to earn a scholarship and accept one from Michigan, you know, based off of basically raw athletic ability. You know, I'm intrigued to see how he does because he's going to make that jump from a Division 13 to Division 1 Trinity League, you know, and that's going to be tough, you know, making, you know, against going against like that caliber. Um, but for sure, he passes the eyeball test, 6'7", 254, you know, and he's going to be needed, you know, to replenish that D-line, you know. And then they also are going to also have a, a sophomore and social media sensation, 5'11", 300-pound nose guard, Tyler Parker, who's more known for his viral posts, you know, of him being shirtless, hope posing rather than, like, his play. Um, I'm told he's going to be a player. Uh, but, you know, there wasn't any game film of him playing, you know, even at the frosh level, um, you know, but this game's a lot more than just, you know, camp one-on-ones. But he has shown, you know, enough strength and in, in size, you know, to be that key player. And it's going to be interesting to watch him, how he develops. He reminds me a lot of former modern-day uh, uh, defensive player Malik McMorris. If anybody remembers Malik, he was, a, you know, a stud defensive, you know, Nose tackle. He was about went to Cal. Ended up being a fullback there. Um, is now a coach at uh, University of Utah. Um, but he's got that same motor and and um, and built. So um, you know, but that's the strength of their defense is probably going to be their linebacker core with yeah. Jacob Bauer, Sulik, and survived newcomer Gage Burnett. They got Donovan Camistro corner tackling machine Blake Wilson, Ben Durham at safety. So, you know, the outcome on this, I don't think, you know, there, you know, many will give Santa Hills a fighting chance. I'm just kind of interested to see how Butter does against, uh, you know, a big-time school um, as talented as, as they say he is, um, being that dual-threat guy. Um, but he's going to have to have help. He can't do it all by himself, you know. But I just think Santa Margaret's going to have too much, and, you know, we're going to see a similar outcome. Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure Coach Frith will have some surprises up his – his sleeve and has, has has his team well prepared, but this is going to be a tough one. Um, I think I think um, I'm with you on that one. Hey, last game, Scotty here we're, as we're talking uh, week zero games to watch. Um, dipping out into uh, all Orange County matchup, I'm intrigued by Capo Valley uh, at Tustin. This is a Thursday night game. Tustin's interesting and Capo is interesting for a couple reasons. You know, of course, Capo, you start with them. You know, Trey Kukuk. Um, I know as a quarterback you're really high on. Um, good dual threat quarterback put up monster uh, numbers last year, including uh, the Orange County single season record. He had great total yardage, um, you know, with his running ability. And but here he is coming into this game without his top receiver, which is uh, who is Dane Bennick, who's who's going to be um, you know out a little bit uh, to start the season with the, you know coming back from an injury. But Capo, interesting enough. They got some new guys that we need to get to know. Um, they got some new receivers for a really talented senior quarterback in Trey Kukuk. 
because they have Hunter uh, uh, Napoleon. So 6'4", 205-pound transfer from Washington. Brayton Savadra is a junior who played a lot as a sophomore on defense. Riley Walker is another sophomore um, who's uh, played some linebacker on varsity. Um, and then there's 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 a few more guys after that that they like. And they um, they have a good feel uh, on offense um, at Capo Valley and a good experienced quarterback. And then you got Cap, you know, um, Tustin, there's there's some guys to, to know about as well, but they have some question marks, some new guys. They have a new quarterback in Jack Stupin, transferred from Milliken. But if you look at the CIF Southern Section website, you know, it says pending CIF response from former school. He's not quite cleared, but Coach Anthony at uh, Tustin is hopeful that he'll be uh, playing on Friday. Um, they have another transfer um, who's not quite cleared yet. Also from Huntington Beach is Jordan Castro, a DB wide receiver. But then they do have another rec- uh, receiver DB who has been cleared um, and who's from Huntington Beach as well, Quincy Hankins. So here it is, a few uh, games, you know, a few nights before the game, and um, as we record our show on Monday, August fifteenth, and there's some question marks about Tustin, but they also have some good linemen, Ben and Nigel uh, uh, follow a toy. So could be an interesting uh, matchup. Uh, are you as intrigued about this one, Scotty, as I am? Yeah, just for the simple fact that, you know, uh, you looked at the score last year, you know, 35-34 OT, uh, yeah. uh, overtime win. You know, Toby Schmidt pulled that off, you know, and I don't think that was, you know, I didn't think anyone saw that happen coming. Um, so, but but then, you know, Capitals, you know, lost a lot of their receiving core, but, you know, it seems like they've replenished it with, with um, you know, with some of those new guys we, you, you mentioned, you know, and then Benix, you know, if he's healthy, you know, for this opener, because you know he was mending an injury a few weeks back, so I don't know if, if he's been go- if he's been good to go. Um, you know, Capo's going to have I think coming six guys coming back on defense. Jackson Severs, you know, and Riley Walker were two of their young guys that were really active. You know, Tustin could make this a game if Stupin can play. Um, you know, when he was at Milliken, he got some time and he showed some really good skill, but he also had some very talented receivers that he was able to throw to when he was in, you know, Tustin's probably going to lean heavily on the, you know, the two brothers, you know, they're both coming in at 300 pounds and that's huge for, um, you know, that level. But I think, you know, Capel's, you know, is going to come away on top with this one. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good game. And I'm thinking I might be covering it for the OC register, OC varsity. So be uh be on the lookout for for my coverage of that game and you know hopefully I'll bring back some uh some uh some insight to the uh our Trina League OC football podcast. So Scotty, those are our four games um to watch this week. Um so let's uh let's dive a little bit into where we got our top 10 uh entering the season. What's your top 10 uh team ranking, Scotty, as we uh we move along here on our uh, Week Zero podcast. So here we go. My top ten. One is Modern Day. Very young, talented squad. Five starters, you know, come back on both sides of the ball. You know, obviously they're going to be experienced uh, at quarterback and O-line. The defense is going to start nine underclassmen who saw a lot of time last year. Um, if there's a concern with them, it's probably going to be their special teams, especially the kicking game and the punting. So, you know, that's going to be interesting to watch. Number two, got Mission Viejo having the makings of a Servite run. Senior heavy group coming into their third season together. Huge strides. Um, arguably the uh, top receiving core, you know, linebacker core is right there. Um, their only concern is going to be the D-line. You know, I know last week, this past weekend over in Hawaii, I think uh, Basira, one of their linemen had a really good game, um, but you know they that they're they're smaller up up uh, up front there. The offensive line is going to be all right. Um, my number three team you got Lil Sal, carried by that strong arm of a uh, its top rated senior QB. Um, you know Lil Sal lost and gained some. You know lost the top rated receiver, but gained a top rated D line. I suspect you know that they're going to be much improved on defense, especially at linebacker. It was kind of a sore spot last year with them. Um, the only concern is Ethan Connor and Malachi Nelson. Um, 
having to play both ways in those bigger games. Um, Los will probably get away with them just going one ways for most of the season, though. Um, number four, we've got Santa Margarita. Experienced skills combined with some key transfers set up the Eagles for a solid run. Uh, you know, the concern holding them back, like we mentioned a little bit, is the offensive line and, D, and, and then maybe the experience on the D-line, but I think the D-line should be okay as the season goes. You know, um, you know uh, my number five team, Curtis Omar, I think without a doubt. Okay. Yeah, I know. I, my, without a doubt, right, you know, to start the year, they got the uh, next probably best of school, skill core of the top five teams. Um they got a well-coached defensive scheme, you know, led by its linebacking core, um, you know, set up for another good CDM run in its division. The only concern for the first time in three seasons, though, is they don't have a solid set of linemen. So that may be crucial. But right now I have them at, at five going into the season based off of that offense. Six, I have Orange Lutheran. Okay. And despite – and the reason I have them, it's like you could almost flip-flop them, but I have them there because of the rebuilding the offense that only returns two skill players. And, you know, until they get that foundation laid, um, you know, the O-line is going to help them ease that, that – you know, that new QB defensively a strength. Um, you know, but they got to find a run game too, and that's going to be uh, kind of crucial. And, you know, it's going to be important, you know, to have to lean on that defense. So a very close – between them and CDM. My number seven team, I got Edison, another very similar team to Corona Omar. The only difference is I think Corona Omar kind of has a little bit, um, has a solid, you know, has that solid run game. And I think they have that one big time receiver, Cooper. Um, Chargers don't really have a big time guy. They have a bunch of solid guys. Um, I think, but, oh, I think uh, Edison may have the edge on the offensive line. You know, but then they got to find an efficient running game and size on the D line. Edison's always has those speed defense alignment, right. but it can be hindered them a lot of times when they go against the bigger physical teams. My number eight, and here comes a surprise. I have my I have Jay Sarah at number eight. Okay, and uh, and you know the way they finished, um, you know to go along with those nineteen returners, I think they've had a surprising off season. So I'm going Jay Serrett and kind of making a leap, but I'm just going to go out Jay Serrett at eight. Unlike the past few seasons, the Lions, you know, have stability on 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 the O line. The new QB that's come in, they really liked, and I think he's add some things um, to their group. They they are scrappy defensive group. Um, they have a under the like uh, under the radar linebacker core. You know, the concern though is going to be their running game and big time receivers. They're all they got. They got some solid. Slot receivers are all under six foot, um, and then the depth on D line. But it's that physical nature the Lions have on that O line that's going to kind of give them a nod over the rest of the other top ten teams. So my number nine, I got San Clemente. Year okay. in and year out, you know it's the one time, one team, one town. You know they've been the stability in the top ten, and so we have them. They're going to be you know coming off the heels of a solid running game, and they return that a solid defensive core. And again, they're going to have that solid running game. They're still trying to figure out the quarterback situation, but their lower levels were pretty good. I think they were like JV champs and yeah. I think their freshman team went 10 and 0. So I, I think, you know, they're going to have the, the foundation to build on. They are just going to have to find that experience. And, you know, uh, Jaime Ortiz does a great job with them. So my number team, 10 team is I have Servite. And having, you know, Troy Thomas as its head coach factors a lot into putting somebody into that top 10. Um, you know, Friars were decimated by graduation and defections in the offseason. You know, they were able to show you know, that they had enough remaining in them, you know, to be among the top, top 10, 15 teams with some success showing in these summer tournaments, despite only returning one starting on offense and one on defense. You know, but it's probably going to be, you know, their, their running game that's going to be featured with an up and coming back that we'll hear more about. Um, it's going to be a sophomore running back. Um, and that's probably going to be the success if they can, if they can find, uh, you know, stability in the offensive line, you know, cause you know, they're also going to have concerns with depth, um, skill and, you know, size on the O line and D line that they haven't had, you know, and of course experience, I think Julian Puch is going to be their, their starter. Yeah. Um, senior. And he's, he's senior, you know, and he's solid. They have some receivers that they can throw to. So they just got to put it together. But like I said, I think they have a lot going with them because I just know, you know, like Troy's there, but they're going to have to, 
with their schedule, they're going to have to really fight to get where, you know, um, and it's really tough with all that they're, that they've lost. So that's my top 10. I have, you know, I have San Juan Hills, your Belinda capital, La Habra and Cyprus knocking on the door, but that's what I got. All right. That is a solid uh, top 10 Scotty and some love for the lines, which like you said is surprising. All right, Scotty. So we had a lot of, we saw a lot of things similar on the top 10. Uh, especially those first four, we got no problems. I go Modern Day, Mission Viejo, Los Al, Santa Margarita. Then I'm going Olu at five, and I think Edison is a sneaky team. I go, I'm I'm high on the Chargers this year. I got them at six. I think they got they got some linemen on both sides of the ball, and Parker Awad back. Some under the radar skill players. Um, they, I think they're going to be. I think they're going to be pretty good. Um, and I really like that um, Orange Lutheran Edison game. Um, that's a non-league game, guys. Um, I think it's a September second game, if I'm uh, right. Yeah, September second at Huntington Beach High School. That was a game that Edison um, nearly won last year against Orange Lutheran. That's a big time game coming up in a few weeks. So I got Edison six. I go San Clemente Triton seven. Uh, then I got Corona Del Mar at eight. I do wonder about uh, Corona Del Mar's lineman. I have uh, Yorba Linda at 9 in the top 10, and I have Jay Sarah number 10 for the Lions. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't have Servite in the top 10, and um, we'll see if that changes. Uh, Friars start out the season on Friday. They are on the road at Rancho Cucamonga. Then they play Mission Viejo, so... Um, and they're at Mission Viejo. So their first two games for Servite on the road at Rancho Cucamonga, I say, is a pretty big game because I think the next one is going to be definitely tough at Mission Viejo this year. Um, so, Scotty, we are pretty much, uh, we're pretty uh, agree, but we got some key differences as well. So, hey, let's uh, transition now to our uh, next stop here on our uh, Week Zero uh, podcast. Um the transfers we continue to monitor them. They're they're uh, even you know this year especially there were some late transfers. Uh, the Hanson brothers transferred from Los Al to St. John Bosco just a few days before the before the fall uh, start of fall camp. They were both at Servite last year. There's been a lot of movement. Um, we even have some out-of-state guys that have come in as well. So, and that's that's probably um, the reason behind the m- the movement is there's a lot of reasons, and a lot I think a lot of people you know know about those, and we've talked about those some of those before. But are there a couple more un- under the radar ones that maybe um, you know you know OC football SoCal football fans might want to know about? You know, it's 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 kind of interesting because it's hard to keep up with with these transfers. Um, you know, I, like you rattle off some some guys that I didn't even have on my list. You know, I'm like, oh, okay, that's new to me. You know, I missed that one, so I got to add that one. So, but pretty much, you know, I think a lot of people are going to be surprised that that Orange Lutheran has the most. So they have ten, and pretty much a lot of them are mostly all under the radar guys. Um, you know, a lot of them, you know, played at other. You know, there's. You know, none of them would be, uh, I guess, starters last year. They're all lower-level kids. So, um, I mean, there's there's Deuce Frierson who came from Mission Viejo, uh, Tusa Ili that came from Servite, and Kai Yazamura from a linebacker from Canyon. Max Hall is a, is a junior tight end from Newport Harbor. Anthony Keys is a defensive end tight end from Pacifica. There's Jaden Perez, who's a Linebacker, sophomore linebacker from Modern Day, Conrad Hernandez is a receiver from Centennial. Uh, Tyler Hennessy is a receiver, sophomore receiver from Bosco. Aaron Williams is a is a six three two sixty five sophomore lineman from Damien. Nehemiah Johnson Williams is a six three three thirty five offensive lineman from Jay Sarah. You know now whether or not these guys, you know, are gonna uh, play. You know, and then the other one I didn't mention is the kid from Nevada. Uh, you have his name. You mentioned yeah, his name. Yeah, uh, Jared, uh, Jared Mo, 5'11", 270, uh, sophomore, big-time motor. Um, I, w- I was very impressed with the film I watched of him. He was, uh, you know, made all-state or all-region honors um, as a freshman. 
and uh, he plays with a big time motor and um, gets a, a big time push and he really hustles out there and um, dives around and makes tackles and uh, so he, it's going to be interesting to see him in the Trinity League. Yeah, so you know he's probably the most impact guy that that I think that that Olu has. You know, then you look, you know, you go over to, you know, we we, we talked about Bosco. Bosco has eight and has nine guys. I think eight of them are impact guys. Those are all pretty much all high profile guys. Uh, the most recent being the the Hanson brothers, uh, Vaca and Hoy. Um, you know, then you got you know Modern Day only has two. And that's Nate Frazier, who came over in the spring, and then Christian Dunbar Hopkins that came over from from Bosco, played in Alamania last year. Um, you know, then you got Servite. Servite has seven, but I think only one or two of them are going to be impact guys. Um, Connor Panapa, he's a six-two, two-fifty senior defensive lineman that was all league Culver City. That will help them a lot. Um, you know, they have a couple of younger sophomore guys. You know, I don't know if they're going to play or if they're going to be in the mix or not. Uh, there's J.J. Johnson. He was in the mix at quarterback. He was a sophomore from modern day. Um, then, you know, you look at Santa Margarita. They have seven. I have five impact guys. You know, Servite, Steel Gage Burnett, Emmett Mosley. You know, there's uh, Semyon Mayaba. He's an offensive lineman from Vista Del Lago. He's probably going to help that O-line, 6'3", 320. Um you know, then you got Collins, you know, coming from Fairmont, you know, yeah. and then and then a few under the radar guys that I think that will actually be that will be uh, big time guys down the road is Beckham Krista, six five, two hundred pounds, sophomore quarterback that came from Colorado. Yeah. Um he looks he's supposed good. to be the heir apparent. Yeah, he's got a big time arm. Um Lee Fia Fuamoa Moano, he's a six foot, two hundred and ten pound sophomore running back linebacker, came from San Clemente. Um, and so I think those two guys will be, you know, and up and coming. And then another name maybe to watch for is Stephen Lindsay, 5'10", 175 junior from Will Sal. He actually started his career at modern day, um, got sidetracked with an injury, but, um, you know, I think he's going to be, um, in the mix, you know, either on defense or running the ball, uh, okay. with Foy, um, that's pretty much. I mean, as far as like the Trinity League guys go, that's that's pretty much the Trinity League guys. Um, you know, Lo Sal. You know, pretty much got Cunningham, Ryder Trujillo from Olu, Javen Simbi from Servite, um, and then Nehemiah Sayago is a defensive uh, lineman tight end from from Bosco. That's probably going to be in the mix at linebacker. Um, that linebacker, yeah. uh, uh, Mission Viejo, pretty much. They're all those guys. Uh, Dejan Lee from Servite, Eddie Schultz from J. Sarah, Joey Torres, linebacker J. Sarah, Daxton Christian Gurley, 6'6", 270, junior, O-lineman from uh, J. Sarah, and then Jaden Williams, uh, 6'2", 230, junior, defensive lineman for Santa Margarita. Um, and um, that's, uh, that's kind of pretty much the – the guys on, on that I have on like, on the radar for the like kind of the, the top you know bigger teams. Um, Survive did also lose um, Big Ben Teolo. You know he was going to be a mainstay in their offensive line, six four, two ninety five, senior. He was going to be a senior. He left Survive, went to Orem, Utah. Um, so that kind of hurt them too. Um, San Juan Hills picked up, has uh, Nori Harris. Six foot one seventy five junior wide receiver from Santa Margarita, and um, Christopher Williams, uh, sophomore receiver from Modern Day. He's actually he's CJ Williams' younger brother, um, but he's about five five eleven one seventy. So I don't know if he's going to be in the mix at San Juan Hills. But those are just some of the guys that transferred. Who's you know, who's who's who guys are like you know under the radar. Yeah. So whether or not they end up developing, I know a lot of the times, you know, everyone just, you know, they just they talk about the the impact guys, but it's interesting to you know just to see what happens down the road. So there's a lot of guys to really keep track of. I mean, one of them I think is uh, on back on mission. Uh, I don't know if I don't think you mentioned um, Mikey uh, Diamato. Um, from Tesoro, who's oh, at Mission, Tesoro, yeah. defensive back. Um, I don't know how he played in the opener, but he certainly looked really impressive. Um, you know, during the summer, and 
he's like a safety uh, type um, hybrid linebacker. But man, it's this guy's like that who's the leading tackler, and he was the mainstay of Tesoro's defense. And now he's at you know um, South Coast League rival Mission Viejo, and he's just doing all kinds of damage, running around with a a lot of high flying, you know, high, a, a lot of kids that play really fast on the Mission Viejo defense. Um, but you know, it, and the, the list just goes on, Scotty. With like, you know, um, I did the Sunset League preview. There's some big ones there where you got like, um, you know, when you get into like some of the under radar and the depth, you know, uh, Dante Bell, uh, transfer quarterback in the mix at Huntington Beach. Um, he's from Catella. He was a really good, interesting prospect. He's he is. He six is. five, I like him a lot. Yes. Um, and 6'5", you know, around 200 pounds and a very athletic, big arm. Um, and he's, you know, looking to continue to grow his game. So he's a, he's a, he's an interesting guy that I think he's, you know, if he continues to work on it, he definitely has a future. Um, and he's obviously going to play some, against some really good competition. It'll be interesting to see how he does. Um, but it's like, you can almost go to so many schools, um, you know, and talk about um, some of the guys that they have where we have to keep track of, you know, surrounding schools, where these kids come from. Um, if they're from the IE, the, the um, you know, the Long Beach area, like even this guy, like there's a Marina High School, maybe not getting that much talk, um, you know, but they have a guy from Long Beach Wilson who they think's a, a D1 um, offensive lineman. Maybe they're going to play him at center. His name's Noah uh, Vafuti. Who's 6'4", 275, getting some D one interest. Um, so I think Marina's in the Big Four league. So um, you know, the, there's just there's a lot of there's a lot of kids running around um, and, and moving places that we got to keep track of. No, exactly. Exactly. I mean, we were just you know, um, you know, I was talking talking to you earlier. I was earlier. I got a text saying that I, it, there was another kid that you know that just from another school you know so i gotta look into we gotta look into that you know um it's 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 crazy it's you know they're it's ever moving you know but that's just the day and age we we uh, are living in in today you know so it's either you if you don't like it you know then then don't follow high school football if you you know if you just just you know if you can adapt adapt but um yeah there's gonna be like i mentioned with the tustin preview we got to see if some of these guys are eligible um and there's some eligibility issues, and we got to check out, you know, how they're cleared on CIF websites. There are going to be some more in the coming weeks as the uh, as the early seasons uh, uh, unfold. There'll be sit out periods, and there'll be some guys that will impact um, players. And there's some coaches and some teams that um, we haven't talked about that we might not know some of their transfers. So we got we still have uh, we still have some more players um, to get to know. Um, hey, Scotty, so. I think a great way to end our show here on the uh, Week Zero podcast. And thanks to all the listeners for following our show. And it's great to have you back. We're excited to talk high school football, Trinity League, Orange County football with you all season long. But I think a fun way to uh, talk is, Scotty, to get a little flavor of that modern day scrimmage you took in last uh, Friday night at Centennial. A couple teams were out there, pretty well-known teams, got pretty spirited. There's some interesting prospects some younger players, as you mentioned, at modern day. Um, and the the Monarchs uh, do open up this Friday, um, August 19th, at home against uh, west of Salt Lake City, which I know you're going to tell us, is remind us, is that they are actually are 1-0 already. Um, but, Scotty, what was that scrimmage like out there? Because uh, you got some high-powered uh, schools out there. Yeah, you know, it's. It, I know a lot of, you know, people take – scrimmages with a grain of salt, uh, you know, and especially with this one because, you know, modern day and centennial kind of, you know, are going to see each other in three weeks. So it's like, you know, people were trying to figure out why are they scrimmaging each other? And I'm like last year, I think it ended up being like a 14, seven, you know, or, or two, two, two scores with the versus one scores, you know, it was like just so vanilla that you just, you know, I, everyone was kind of expecting the same, and uh, it didn't happen that way, at least for modern day. Um, you know, they, they actually scored like four passing touchdowns and had three rushing TDs, you know, and it was in a controlled scrimmage. You know, Centennial scored two, you know, rushing TDs. But, you know, from the get-go, I mean, it was Ajon Bryant who set that who set the tone. He had like a 20-yard run, uh, 
that looked like he was going to be initially stopped, broke the tackle, bounced outside, and was gone. Next play, he spins out of a would-be tackler, almost like it's a video game, cuts back, slices through a pack of pursuing defenders, and he scores a 20-yard run. And everyone was kind of just like, oh, wow. You know, is this – is this? I, 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 everybody was just kind of in awe because I don't think anyone was really expecting it being a scrimmage, you know – um, then he, you know, later on, Elijah hit Jordan Onovo on a 40 yard deep pass for a score. Then Jack Ressler took a 10 yard comeback, broke the tackle, went that for a 30 yard score. Uh, then Jordan Davison added two 40 yard TD runs, one off tackle, the other up the middle. Wow. Um, and Jonah Smith, freshman, he scored on a quick slant and DJ Drayton caught a 40 yard pass. You know, both of those came from backup quarterbacks. Um, and then defensively, modern day kind of played solid for the most part. Centennial didn't really have any big plays. The QBs rotated series of downs rather than, you know, the 12-play series. So if they didn't get a first down, the quarterbacks were out. And they and for the most part, you know, they nickel and dime down the field. That set up their two lone scores for short runs. Um, you know, modern day did a good job stuffing out the run. I know it's a scrimmage. And I remember last year, Carson Conklin, he actually kept Centennial in the game with his throwing. And again, he looked more poised against modern days um, in the scrimmage than Izzy Carter did. He kind of got the ball off quicker. He knew where to dump the ball off despite being pressured. Um, and Conklin actually got more reps than Carter, who had more three and outs than Conklin did. You know, But in all, you know, it was kind of surprising because modern day's never really shown that much explosiveness in a scrimmage you know because they always just run their base and that's just in, in, in all the years that i've seen it so it's going to be interesting to see what centennial has when they meet up in a few yeah. weeks um you know because you know i hate to say this but like centennial didn't even show a glimpse of being a nationally ranked team so you know whether you know when I asked, I said, "Are they rotating? Is that their second team? Are they having second team guys?" And they were saying, "No, oh, that's their defense." And I'm like, "Okay, you know." But like you said, take it with a grain of salt. That's just what you know. What what was what, what we saw, um, you know. And then I know you know because Monterey wanted to like you know get out of get in and get out of there um, because they're gonna you know start this gauntlet of a schedule right. for the next couple of weeks. You know, you know they're gonna take on that West Utah. Who opened their season forty three with a forty three zero win over Clarefield on last Friday night? You know, and they're, that was coming. They're coming off of an eight and two season. You know, they they have six returning offensive starters and eight on defense. Um, they really don't have a go to guy, but they kind of spread the ball around. Um, and uh, their defense is probably their strength of the team. You know, they're a very aggressive defense. Okay, they play a lot of man. Um, you know, at least they did in the game, you know, the last week, you know, they almost resembled modern day's defense because they get after the quarterback and they blitz and, you know, they go mad a lot. You know, they, they did mix it up and have some zone coverage, but most of the time it was after the quarterback blow up the run, you know, so that'll be interesting to yeah. see how they, if they play modern day that way, um, their spirited group, you know, they're coming out on Wednesday, they're going to go to Disneyland and then I'm told, you know, to the beach and then, you know, Friday <laughs> night, you know, take on the Monarchs. So, uh, but I, I still think modern day takes care of business in this one, you know, and, uh, you know, then, you know, get ready for Gorman. Well, yeah, you, you're talking about uh, how well, and thanks for the insight, Scotty. That's very good um, stuff on, you know, Davidson and, and A. John Bryant. I guess you do have to uh, play man uh, on the corners if you can, because you need some extra tacklers for that run game. Um, so, um, you know, let's see how, how that all works out. Um uh, for for West and yeah, then you mentioned the gauntlet because I believe Modern Day is going to have a bye after this week, and so they take a bye real early. You know, a lot of teams nowadays they take the the bye in between the non-league and the league and kind of rest up for league. But Monarchs taking the bye after this week and they don't return to action till the end of the month, and that's that road trip at Gorman. And the very next week they're back at Centennial, and that's quite a um, I mean, that's quite a back-to-back, -back, uh, both on the road. Um, and I got to believe Centennial was, was hiding the cards. Um, because when was the last time Centennial hasn't been strong? I mean, maybe, I mean, yes, there's degrees to it, but they've been so consistently, um, you know, uh, playing well the last couple of years. So, you know, they should, they should be ready for that game. 
Yeah, I mean, if you want to get, you know, they open the. I mean, if you really want to, want to, you know, I, I could add this to it, but like they almost had two deep balls for touchdowns, um, just a bit overthrown. But if they would have connected, they would have uh, they would have had those two scores because they, they they both the receivers beat the the DBs, so you could add that. But in but you know they didn't connect on them, so uh, you know I like I said I I think you know you know that's what was what everybody saw, but I know whatever you know you just. I don't think that they're going to put that same display when they, when they meet up, you know, it's, it's, you know, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's just kind of crazy having to, having to see, you know, see them do that on, on a, a centennial team the way they did, even if it was a scrimmage. Yeah. And it was like the, you know, modern day, like I said, they had their ones all the way in, you know, and it was their first team. So, um, and, um, you know, as far as their, and then their offense goes, you know, so, you know, I think Centennial takes them a while for them to get going. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll just see. Well, and when they uh, do get re- rolling, the Huskies, Coach Matt Logan does a great job. They, they can get running pretty good. They they open this week against Santiago at home, Santiago Corona. Then they take on Cathedral. So they have a pretty big back-to-back. They're going to play Cathedral modern day back-to-back. That's pretty tough. Um you know, two games in a row. So we'll we'll know a lot more about Centennial, I would say, after that Cathedral game. So, um, but Scotty, you're going to be checking out that Santa, the new Santa Ana Stadium uh, field, and the Monarchs on on Friday night, right? Yeah, I will be there. All right. Well, that will yeah. be a great one. We'll be looking for your report on that one. I'm not sure where exactly I'm going Friday. I don't know if I. There's a few possibility of games in play for me. I don't know if I'll be at J. Sarah. Um, could I be at San Juan? Um, I'm not sure. I don't think I'm going to be at the Olu game against Sarah. Uh, I could have an, uh, or I could have a surprise for you on uh, Friday night. But I know this, Scotty. I'm excited for some high school football. Wherever I'm going to be on Friday, it's going to be probably a pretty exciting game. Oh, it is. It's like yeah, I mean, it's a this you know to kick the season off. It's a great schedule. Uh, uh, you know, I got my record set for, I think it's the San Juan Hills and the Santa Margaritas, I guess is the Bally's game of the week. Yep. I think there's Sarah Olu is, you can catch the stream. Hopefully then you can catch the stream again. So I'll be breaking, try to break down, you know, break those down as well as, you know, all the other, you know, hopefully I can get, you know, some of the Orange County matchups, um, you know, so we can uh, look at those. But yeah, it's just it's it'll go by fast again as it always does. But it's so much fun, so you just you just gotta love it. So that's right. So we'll be back next week, and we'll be breaking down some of the top games we talked about a little bit, and previewing another set of four games, and uh, have a couple other topics. So Scotty, great to be back with you. Have a great uh, opening night, and uh, I'm really looking talk looking forward to talking high school football with you once again. I think it's our year eight. And I'm looking forward to the 2022 season talking football with you. Yep, as always, Dan, as always. So for Scott Barajas, I'm Dan Albano. And thanks again for listening to us on the Trinity OC Football Podcast.